What I love about the trade is that every day is something different. Within the past two weeks, I've had the opportunity to operate snowmobiles, drive standard in like one of the large bucket trucks, even operate an off-road machine. And then sometimes you're up in the air and the views are incredible. Every day is something different and you never know what you're going to get. This is Flux Capacitor, a podcast about the future of electricity. I'm Francis Bradley of the Canadian Electricity Association, and this is the second of three episodes. I'm handing over the mic to champions of equity, diversity, and inclusion in the electricity sector. Welcome to the International Women's Day Flux Capacitor Takeover. My name is Daniela Bedin, and I'm a communications officer at the Canadian Electricity Association. But today, I will be your flux capacitor host for this very special International Women's Day takeover. Chatting with me today is Mackenzie Gillen, a PLT from Hydro One, and Allison Wood, a PLT from Niagara Peninsula Energy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So I just want to start off the top by letting the listeners know that you guys actually know each other through Women of PLT. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so Women of PLT is um, kind of like a mentorship group that we have on Facebook that was created by Lana Norton. Uh, She she works for Ottawa Hydro, and she created a group where women in trade could basically ask each other questions, get mentorship, um, talk to each other about different experiences that they've had in the trade and kind of how to overcome them if there's anything that they were concerned about or worried about or just had any questions about getting into the trade or anything like that. So they have they have kind of like meetups and networking events as well. There's also a scholarship opportunity through Women of PLT, which is fantastic for anyone who's starting out in the trade. But really, it's just kind of getting to know different women and other people in the trade and kind of supporting each other through starting out or going through anything in the trade. That's awesome. So I just want to ask both of you, how did you end up in this position? Mackenzie, did you want to start off? For sure. Um, Growing up, I was very um, encouraged to pursue um, secondary school education at a university, um, particularly for a support scholarship. And then towards the end of my high school career, I realized that maybe the university pathway wasn't quite the right fit for me. And I kind of noticed firsthand that the, there was a gap in skilled trades. Uh, we moved up to a small town and we needed a plumber and couldn't get one for the life of us. So my dad recommended that I took some shop classes and then consider getting into a trade. And upon doing some research, I came across a power line technician program offered um, at a few different colleges in the province. And I started doing more research on it, not knowing what it was. And I went behind his back and applied for it, um, not thinking that he would be too excited about what I decided decided to apply for. And of course, I was right. When he figured out what I applied for, he wasn't too happy about it. We definitely had some discussions. And I ended up finding Women of PLT online. And I was able to find mentors. And I attended a Blue Jays game. That's where I met Allison. And she was able to kind of guide me through. um, She had already been through the college program that I went to at Conestoga. 
and kind of give me some pointers. And I started realizing, you know what, even though my parents aren't too happy about what I'm going for, I'm going to keep on doing it and slowly work my way up from finishing the college program, going, doing two co-op terms and working my way up to an apprenticeship with Hydro One. That's awesome. And yourself, Allison, was it kind of the same, the same pathway? It was it was similar in ways. Um, so personally, I I saw a video in high school in um, a shop class that I took. I was one of very few females that ended up taking tech classes at my high school. So I ended up doing electrical pretty much up until grade twelve. We had a great co-op program at my high school for that. Um, I didn't end up going through with like residential electrical so I ended up going to college for electronics engineering technician and then I figured out that working inside at a desk wasn't really what I wanted to do I wanted to be outside I wanted to be more hands-on so I ended up finding the same course the powerline technician program at Conestoga and applying for it and I ended up getting accepted uh, which was kind of a surprise to me, but I was happy to be there. So I was actually the first female to be accepted and the first female to graduate from the program. And then I ended up doing two co-ops at Niagara Peninsula Energy. I was glad that they were willing to take on a female because it seemed like a lot of other employers were a little hesitant about it at first. And then I ended up getting getting hired on full-time afterwards, which was blessing. Awesome. If you had any advice for young women looking to become a power line technician, what do you think it would be? Uh, I definitely recommend for anyone looking to get into the power line trade to do your research, figure out what you're going up against, and definitely try to do everything in your ability to make yourself the best candidate. It is a competitive trade to get into. Working on your physical fitness or making yourself um, best skills and abilities. Um, don't be afraid to look up different job postings, what sort of... Um, or qualifications employers would like and don't be afraid to invest in yourself and take some of those classes and never let anyone try to talk you out of it if it's what you want to do a lot of people wonder how it's like walking into a male-dominated trade uh, i want to say from experience uh, i've worked in female-dominated industries and male-dominated industries it's different in a way but it's not better or worse you just got to kind of pick your poison and what you like and that being said nobody's going to be upset or really kind of discriminate you because you're a woman. So try to kind of go in with the mindset, you know what, I deserve to be here because the longer you get to work with people and the more they know your capabilities and learn to trust you, they don't care who's working beside them. They don't care what shape or size or what you look like. They just want to know that you're going to be able to trust you and you're going to be able to do the job well and safely. I definitely agree with that. Um, so along with lifting weights, because it is a very physical job, so gaining strength as early as possible is definitely good to do. Um, I also suggest getting familiar with hand and power tools because I think it's under kind of under-recognized how much just basic hand tools, whether it's a screwdriver, an adjustable wrench, um, a hammer even, are used in the trade. We do have a lot of power tools as well. Um, if you're lucky enough to have them. Um, so just getting familiar with basic hand tools and power tools, it's going to be huge. And then just learning basic electrical theory. Basic theory will take you a long, long way. Um, and then also find yourself a mentor. Um, find someone that you can talk to, whether it's through the Women of PLT website, on Facebook, wherever. Find someone 
in your hometown or anywhere that you can talk to about it and just ask questions and get answers for what you need. That's great. So what are the benefits to increasing representation in the trades? Do you think that there is a benefit to having to having more women in the in the field working with you? I personally think that it can be beneficial. Um, I definitely think that you need the right people for the job, though. Um, mm-hmm. It's more physically demanding trade and a little bit harder of a trade, I'd say. Um, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I think that women in the trade do have a different way of thinking about jobs and how jobs could get done differently. Um, and I also think that a benefit of women being in any trade basically is um, like better paying jobs can offer a great way for women to be independent, live the lifestyle that they want. And then also um, if they have families, it's a great, great way for families to have different benefits like health benefits and um, sick days, uh, vacation days, things like that. Yeah, I definitely agree with Allison there that you need the right person to come in and do the job. Um, Again, it's not for everyone, same as being a doctor or a lawyer isn't for everyone, but you need to be mentally tough as well. Um, So it is a physically demanding trade, but there are ways to get into a good position that can help make your work easier. Uh, But also by having an increase of women in the trade, it'll probably break down some of the stereotypes um, for trades workers and construction workers in general. I think by increasing women in the trade, it will maybe bring up or break some of those barriers down that people might have against people that work in construction or um, working in this trade. You definitely need to be very smart and very cognitive of your safety. So by maybe increasing some people that, you know, don't fit that general stereotype, people might be a little bit more likely to speak up when they see something that isn't safe or not be afraid to ask questions or try something that they want to and get out of the comfort zone a little bit. Do you think your background in um, in sports has helped you with your with your job? Oh, definitely. Um, growing up um, playing sports, you're taught from a young age that if you get knocked down and you don't get something right away, you can't just pout and give up. And I can tell you right now, working outside minus 30 and your hands are cold uh, and you think, OK, well, maybe I just or just give up or just go get warmed up. No, you got to get that job done. You got to push through it just a little bit um, longer. And you learn that by getting a good work ethic at a young age, it definitely applies to working in a skilled trade. Yeah. And you were uh, you were telling me you were a hockey player. So that definitely fits with the. <laughs> with the cold hands aspect of the job. Yes. For sure. So we did already sort of talk about this, but why do you think that there aren't as many women in the trades? I think maybe it might go back to what kids are taught when they're young. Uh, you can't be what you can't see. And if you don't know the job exists, uh, you can't, well, how do you know to even work towards it? I think if maybe in high school or maybe even at a younger age, start promoting trades the same way that people would promote uh, university or college pathways. I think that you would start to see more kids at a young age try to get into the um, skilled trades. Right. I definitely agree with that as well. Um, the lack of kind of representation in public schools um, or even high schools um, with STEM is pretty remarkable, at least from when I was going through high school. I've been pretty excited to see different programs and being able to go to different events throughout the past year, two years ago, before COVID. And one of them was actually um, an event put on by a local college. um, And it was for students in grades seven and eight to look into different trades and everything like that. 
so that they could look into what other options might be out there for them other than the typical quote-unquote female jobs or female trades even. So yeah, I definitely think that more representation in school would benefit having more females look into the trades and have it um, have them be more represented. I know that um, some utilities, when they when they advertise powerline technician jobs and they, at least from a communications perspective, when they're making those brochures and they're making those posters, they're really trying to make sure that on the pictures that they include pictures of a diverse workforce. They're looking for um, female powerline technicians to make sure that if somebody walks by that poster, they can look and say like, you know what, like that person looks like me or I can, I can do that. Right. I think, I think something similar that I've seen recently in the past couple of years that actually backs that up is um, Hydro One for the lineman rodeo that they've had for years. They changed it to the, what was it? Is it the line person? Lines rodeo. Lines rodeo. So they took out the line man and just changed it to lines rodeo. And they, they actually put a woman with her climbing gear um, on that poster as well. So I think that that really backs up what you're saying that if anyone walks by that, whether it's a young girl or young woman or even someone that's a little bit older, they can go, oh, that's something that I could potentially do and look into as well. So I'm really excited about this next, um, this next question. What do you love the most about your job? It's definitely the cold hands, right, Mackenzie? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it the heights? You guys get some pretty good views. Absolutely. Um, what I love about the trade is that every day is something different. Within the past two weeks, I've had the opportunity to operate snowmobiles, drive standard um, in like one of the large bucket trucks, even operate an off-road machine. And then sometimes you're up in the air and the views are incredible. It, every day is something different and you never know what you're going to get. I, I definitely agree with the difference in jobs day to day. That's definitely my favorite part as well. So how jobs can be different, even though you're ultimately doing the same thing, whether it could be putting up a service from just for a house or whether it's three phases for like a three phase um, transformer and you're doing a dip pole or a riser pole or anything like that, no matter what the job is, it's always different. It can be the same task, but it's always, always, always going to be different, whether it's location and setup or just working around different obstacles. It's, it's always, it's always going to be different. And there's some really interesting creativity that goes into accomplishing some jobs and seeing that and the crew working together to overcome those obstacles and just get creative and figure out how to get that job done, no matter what it's, it's incredible. Job sites are like snowflakes. No two are the exact same. Exactly. It's very true. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the the obstacles that you spoke of? So on a day-to-day basis, what are the things that you that you face in your in your career? I think traffic, um, back lots, just poles that are crowded. Um, so they have a lot going on on them. Um, whether it's a job where you need to kick inside a pole, which is basically where you and take everything off of the old pole and leave it hanging there and then put a new one in place and then put everything back on it. We've had some really, really interesting jobs where one of them, we had a bunch of ducts that was concreted in 
and we didn't realize beforehand and instead of smashing all of the underground conductor out of the concreted in ducts we took a pole and we took the old one out and then moved the other one into position with it so we ended up taking link sticks which are just insulated sticks and separating all of the phases and creating interesting kind of mechanism to hold everything while we just moved the pole itself over and then tied everything back into it. So just things that you would never really think about, but then some people have the creativity of being like, oh, we can do this. If something's not working properly, you just kind of have to stop, think about it and kind of rejig everything to to make it work for that day and for the actual situation. Yeah, it's um, creative creative problem solving. Exactly. Day to day, yeah. Right. Um, I definitely think uh, one of the biggest challenges is constantly being um, on maximum flex or constantly being adaptable. We can come up with a perfect plan in a shop or inside an office and come up with a game plan. And then you go and you start trying to grab all the pieces or and parts to this plan and stuff just doesn't work. You don't have it or it's not in stock. Um, I've shown up to a couple of job sites where uh, we have off-road machines. We folded them out there and they just won't start because it's so cold out. So now how are you supposed to get those machines working? What's the next plan? How do you get this job site rolling? Um, so definitely like Allison said, um, maximum creativity, trying to get this job done in a safe and efficient way. And it's constantly, um, or even if you have a trouble call come in, you got to drop what you're doing and go um, attend to that emergency right away. So it's just being adaptable and being constantly flexible and being able to get work done. Exactly. Tying up a job and making sure that it's safe before running to that trouble call is huge as well. Because you could be halfway through a job and then you need to go, well, I need to make this safe before I go to the trouble call. So figuring out how to make it safe and just get it to a point where you can leave it is interesting sometimes as well. Wow, I didn't know that was that was also an aspect of it. That's really interesting. I don't know if Allison's um, done much trouble call. I'm very junior in my apprenticeship, so I'm at the point where I can't go on call yet. But some of the guys in my shop, is we've got 24-7 on call guys, and they rotate through, but they could be getting a call at 3 o'clock in the morning. So you got to go to the job site. They bring the trucks home, and then they got to go attend to it right away. So it's, it's a constant thing where you need to always be in the right mindset to be able to make those decisions safely, make the right calls. Yeah, I, I personally have only been on one on call so far, so I don't have too much experience. The only kind of real experience that I've had is through uh, local storms that we've had blow through. Wow. What was the, the most recent big hit that you guys took? Um, the most recent one was, I think it was in November, we had a windstorm come through. So that was pretty, pretty interesting. We had quite a lot going on that night, but the most interesting call that I'd say, there were two interesting calls that night. One was um, the wind picked up a trampoline and it oh. actually blew through a hydro right of way and it tore down someone's service. Thankfully, thankfully it was just a secondary service, but um, showing up to a call and there being like a mangled trampoline on the end of the road that had torn down the service was interesting. And then we had one where um, we got a call from the fire department and our tree had broken and it had actually fallen through a house and we had to disconnect the service for that. And that was, uh, that was pretty incredible too. At the end of each Flux Capacitor episode, we like to ask our guests, what is the last book you read and would you recommend it to our listeners? 
the last book I read is um, Blue is the New White by Josh Solon. He is an HVAC technician from Arizona, and he also runs a podcast himself. And basically, this book is just kind of promoting um, to educators and students that there's more pathways to be successful in life than going to your typical route of university or college. I think it's a great read for anyone that's considering to pursue a trade or thinks that maybe their kid or one of their students might be uh, a good fit for the trades. Something interesting read. I'm looking forward to reading that now. So the last one I read isn't quite as interesting, unfortunately, to most people probably, and not really as accessible. It's uh, one of the Hydro One training modules <laughs> for school. <laughs> Mackenzie's looking forward to reading that one for sure. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one I'm looking forward to reading though is where the crawdads thing. I've heard it's really good. It's been recommended. I'm pretty sure Daniela has read it too and that it was pretty good. So I'm looking forward to reading that one, but I definitely think it's important to uh, continue reading and doing things like that, even though work can get in the way sometimes. Definitely keep up with reading and uh, keeping up with your hobbies. Especially during these times, for sure. Right. Allison and Mackenzie, thank you both so much for everything you do to keep the lights on and for taking the time to join me for this Flux Capacitor Takeover. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this very special International Women's Day Flux Capacitor Takeover episode with our guest host, Daniela Bedin, and special guests Mackenzie Gillen, a powerline technician from Hydro One, and Allison Wood, a powerline technician from Niagara Peninsula Energy. Tune in for the next episode, taken over by Joelle Lancaster and special guest Lila Garzuzzi, the Vice President of Distribution at Hydro One. As always, we invite you to continue the electricity conversation on our Facebook page, on Twitter, and at electricity.ca. Thank you.